He says, hallelujah. Well, we've already prayed and acknowledged him and said he's the one. <laughs> and like I said, we're just a bag of air without him. <laughs> hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We can't do anything, and we can't make mountains move. All we can do is obey him, do what he said, and speak to mountains, right? But it's his power that has to back us up. Hallelujah. But he said he would. He said he would. Let's turn to Mark 11, like we did this morning. We'll start out there, then we'll see where we end up. Pastor's in Daphne, Alabama, and he's having, I, I don't know if he's having such a spiritually good time or if his flesh is having a really good time. You know, him and I have this little joke that the, that the shorter, the, the shorter we, the stay in any town, the better the hotel. And also, if I'm not with him, the better the hotel. It's like if I go with him, they put us in, no, not really. But I mean, it seems like, but when they put him on the bay, you know, and then they took him last night to the seafood restaurant over by the battleship. And then today, they took him to uh, the Grand Hotel in Fairhope. And you know, that's something, it's very fancy and, and it's been there like since the 1800s of course they've redone it since then but part of it's very historical and this is real you know this is fancy and everything and I've been promoting I've been telling pastor let's have a marriage advance at the Grand Hotel in Fairhope Alabama <laughs> uh, so y'all might work on that in your prayer time <laughs> thank you Jesus hallelujah thank God Mark 11 church verse 22. So, like I said, his flesh is having a good time, even if his spirit, I don't know what's going on spiritually. I actually didn't have time to talk to him long. He called at five o'clock and it was like, I got to be here at 530. So, you know, that we didn't, all we got was just a little hello. And verse 22 of chapter 11 of Mark, and Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith or have the faith of God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now when it says there have the faith of God, or have the God kind of faith, or have um, the faith of God, did I say that already? Anyway, if, when it says that there, um, it, what it's saying is, if you just sum it up and put it in a nutshell, is, is this is how God operates. This is how he uses his faith. This is what he does. This is how God operates. When he wants to do something, here's what he does. He says unto the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. And he does not doubt in his heart, but he believes. God believes that those things he says will come to pass. Do you believe God believes what he says is going to happen? Amen. He believes that, and he has whatever he saith. Amen. And we'll see that as we go a little bit further along. Now, if you would, I'm, well, you don't even have to turn there if you don't want to, but I'm going to go to Romans 4, verse 17, and I'm going to go there in the Amplified Bible. But you can turn there if you want to in your King James or whatever you've got. I, I, yeah, because it, it might help you anyway to turn there. I'm not sure. Romans chapter 4. And there, there in Mark 11, where we were reading, we, just like the song we sang, the very last, not the very last song, because we accidentally slipped in another worship song there, but the last song that we sang about the mountain must obey, uh, it says, Jesus said, you must obey. And that was red letter. Did anybody notice in their Bible that was red letter? And even if you don't have a red letter Bible, it's verse 22 said, Jesus saith unto them. Amen. So we know Jesus said that if you'll talk to the mountain, the mountain has to obey you. Amen. 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 So now we're in uh, Romans. All right, we're getting there. I'm not there yet. There you are. Romans chapter 4, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 17. 
It says, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. Now, this is talking about Abraham here. And it's talking about Abraham's faith. And we're going to see something here. He, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the sight of God, in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. For Abraham, human reason for, hope being gone, hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised. So numberless shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead because he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's deadened womb, no unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly question concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. So we have here uh, uh, some real principles about faith, and I'm not going to focus on this whole, I'm not going to teach on this whole package, passage. We could teach weeks just on this package, passage. But in verse 19, I want you to notice in the Amplified Bible, in the in the, the King James, it says, and being not weak in faith. But in the Amplified, it says, he did not weaken in faith. He did not weaken in faith. I want to tell you something. There's something about the way it's supposed to work. Now, here's how it's supposed to work. This may shock you, but here's how it's supposed to work. When you speak to the mountain, and you know, we talked about this morning how the mountain sometimes just sits there. I mean, it's seemingly on the outside, nothing's happening, Right? Right? Okay, and when the mountain just sits there, and the mountain just sits there, and it just looks at you, you know what you're supposed to do? Right there in verse 19, he did not weaken in faith. But most people, the longer the mountain goes, what happens? The weaker they get in faith. But we're supposed to, and, and then if you read on down there in verse 20, it says, um, No unbelief or distrust made him waver or doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. But look at that. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith. The way it's supposed to work is when, the mount, when you speak to the mountain and, you, and you, you're, you're telling that mountain it has to leave, but it just sits there. You know what? You're supposed to get stronger in faith. Now, most Christians begin to wilt, and they just get weaker in faith. But we're supposed to get stronger in faith. Not weakening, not getting weaker in faith, but getting stronger in faith. Amen? Amen. I'm telling you, it's worked that way for me. I, 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 the, I've been getting stronger in faith in the last two and a half years. If you just keep on talking to the mountain, and you just keep on... Uh, renewing your mind, and you stay in the Word of God, I'll tell you what, you get stronger in faith. You know, sometimes when you first start talking to the mountain, you, you, you've got some things in your own life, like fear, <laughs> that you've got to deal with. Amen? You've got to slay some giants sometime in your own life, like fear. But you can get stronger in faith. So, and, and that's what Abraham did. I mean, here God made him this promise. You're going to be the father of many nations. And here he's a man. He's old in his body. I mean, the body's dead, family. I mean, you know in the sense I'm talking about. Do I have to give you all a biology lesson about this or do you understand? Okay. I mean, he's not physically dead, but he is, he is dead. And, so, and she's dead. And so everything's dead. And so, uh, and it says, you know, he didn't get weak in faith over that. 
And you know, that's, oh, say, well, you know, for about a month, and then he should have, but actually the more the months wore on, and he's getting stronger in faith. And the years wore on, and he's getting stronger in faith about it. Amen. Well, you might as well, because dead's dead. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, it wasn't any harder 25 years later than it was, you know, because dead's dead. Hello, y'all are looking at me funny. Okay, <clears throat> so, uh, he, and then let's look over in Hebrews chapter 3. Now, we're just going to talk about this just for a second, and then we're going on to something even. We're going to talk about that um, charge, that Holy Ghost charge to, to, set the, to, to cause that mountain to implode that we talked this morning. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6, but I, I just feel impressed to tell you this. Hebrews 3, 6. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end? See, faith's the same at the end as it was at the beginning. Sometimes when we start speaking to the mountain, and you know in the service, you know you can get under the anointing and faith can get high. You can sing, uh, that's those two songs we sang right after the offering, and you can get faith high. But you know, family, you gotta, you you need to. Faith should be high three days later. Amen. See, the end of faith looks just like the beginning of faith, or it wasn't faith at all. It was just a. It was just a. What do you call that? Huh? It was just emotions. Yeah. Thank you, Marlon. I was just not thinking what the word was. It was just emotion. Not anything wrong with emotion. I mean, we like to get our emotions involved, and I'm glad y'all don't sit out there like a stump. You know, but um, if it's just emotion, if it's just based on the rush of the hour, if it's just based on the excitement in the room, amen, then when you go home, it won't be quite so exciting. You know, the anointing lifts. Isn't that right? The anointing lifts. It does. Okay, look down there in verse 14 of that same verse, chapter. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. See, face the same at the end as it was at the beginning. Hallelujah. And you know, you may have to do some some work to keep it there. You may have to stay in the Word in order to keep it there, to keep faith up there. Right? Amen. Amen. 1 Peter 1, 9. Y'all are close to 1 Peter. Just go to the right a few pages. 1 Peter 1, 9. Well, actually, we'll start up a little bit. Let's start in verse 5 of 1 Peter 1. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations or trials, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love. See, we're believing in things we don't see, aren't we? In whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. See, we can rejoice right now because we've already received the end of our faith. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. You already have it. You already have it. You may see that mountain there, but when you've spoke to it, you know what? You already have what's behind it. 
Hello. Y'all are looking at me like, I don't know about that. Well, it's true. Amen. You already have it. So um, here's what we need to do tonight. Now, um, I told you this morning that the Holy Ghost said to me on Tuesday that some Christians start talking to the mountain, but very few keep talking. And then I told you what the Lord showed me about how mountains don't back up and they don't explode. And see, that's what we've thought. We've spoke to mountains and we've said, in the name of Jesus, I tell you symptom, I tell you to get out of my life. In the name of Jesus, I'm speaking to you, mountain, and I'm telling you to leave. And we expect that mountain to start backing up. I mean, we expect that thing to start retreating. And so we expect that tomorrow, that maybe the, that, the, that, that we'll feel better. And the next day we'll feel a little better. And you know, it might be that tomorrow you do feel a little better. But it also might be that three days down the road, that all of a sudden you don't feel so hot again. Which absolutely has nothing to do with it. It really doesn't. Now, none of us like that. And I'm not saying you're supposed to enjoy it. But I am telling you that it doesn't have anything to do with you speaking to the mountain. And so what the Holy Ghost said to me was, Debbie, mountains don't back up and they don't explode. They implode. And I told you about the casino in Las Vegas that I saw on the television. I saw it on a documentary how they wanted to bring that casino down. And so they went in with engineers went in. They placed dynamite in very strategic places. By the way, the word dynamite comes from, our, from, from the Greek word dunamis, which means power. Amen. And so they put dynamite, real dynamite, I mean uh, natural dynamite, they put natural dynamite inside that building in strategic places. Amen. Then they hooked up a wire to all of those dynamite places and they got way back away from the building and they had just one little wire running up there. But they, and then uh, I think it was a girl that got to do it. She got to hit the, she was a lady engineer, and she got to do the whatever, push the, yeah, okay, thank you, hey, and uh, she got to push the plunger, is that what you said, hallelujah, just like flushing a commode, I guess, you know, <laughs> she got to do that thing anyway, and so that, and that building, you know, it didn't explode and blow debris all over Las Vegas, and it didn't, that building didn't start backing up and walk out into the desert, but that building just imploded, it was just and then dust, just a big cloud of dust went up into the air. And y'all have all seen, you know, examples of that on TV. And maybe even seen it in real life happen. Um, and that's how mountains do. When you speak to a mountain, you are talking, when you're talking to a mountain, you're putting a Holy Ghost dunamis power stick in a strategic place under your mountain. Amen? Isn't that right? Okay, well, now we need to go from there because we need a charge now. I'm speaking to my mountain, but I could, have, I could have dynamite. I could have solid dynamite under that mountain. But if I don't light something, if I don't get some sort of a charge, is the mountain going to implode? No. I've got to have a charge of some kind, don't I? And so I need something, and the Lord provided for that in His Word. So... Um, um, one thing I'll just tell you this is John G. Lake always said that the Holy Ghost is the electricity of God or of the spirit realm. The Holy Ghost is the electricity of God or of the spirit realm. So I need to get connected with a Holy Ghost charge. Now God always mixes His Word with the Holy Ghost or with the anointing we could say. So I'm going to give you a mathematical, or actually the Lord gave me an algebraic formula for this. How many of you are into algebra? 
How many of you heard of, ever heard of algebra? Okay, you've heard of it. Well, you know, you know it's... Uh, okay, so here's the formula. The spoken word times an unknown, we'll just say B, okay? The so spoken word times B, it's an unknown, okay? It's an unknown number. See, I don't know how many times you're going to have to speak to your mountain, and I don't even know how many times I'm going to have to speak to my mountain. Only God knows how many times I need to speak to this thing, right? So the spoken word times B, any unknown, plus the Holy Ghost, or the anointing, we could say the anointing, times C, we'll say, another unknown. See, because I don't know how much Holy Ghost charge, how much Holy Ghost anointing I'm going to have to have, or how many times I'm going to have to encounter the anointing equals, y'all got this algebraic formula? Equals your mountain imploding. So I'm going to go over that again. Some of you, you're like, this is Greek to me. But actually, I kind of liked algebra myself. The spoken word times B, an unknown number of times, plus the anointing times C, an unknown number of encounters with the Holy Ghost, equals your mountain imploding. Does that make sense to you? Even if you don't under, understand algebra, you can see it's going to take the Word of God spoken out of your mouth however many times, and you don't get to decide how many times. See, sometimes we speak something three times and we go, bless God, that ought to be enough. Don't we? Like we were the judge of the universe of or something. Well, you know, sometimes it takes more than three times you saying it before you really believed it. Hello. You know why you believe the junk you believe that's all a bunch of unbelief, really? You know why you believe unbelief? Because somebody spoke it to you over and over and over and over again, either in your childhood from your grandma's knee or in, from a pulpit. And you believe it because you, you heard it spoken. Or you watch TV and you believe everything they say. Did y'all see Barbara Walters interviewing, uh, what's his name from Spin City, Michael J. Fox, who, they, who has revealed that he has Parkinson's disease? And Barbara Walters, now he didn't agree with her on this. And you know, he kind of sounded spiritual. I was thinking, I think you know God. Now, I don't know, he doesn't know God in the sense of believing. It didn't sound like he was believing for healing, but it certainly sounded like Michael J. Fox. It sounded like he knew God. I mean, just, y'all are looking at me funny, too. <laughs> anyway, uh, he... Um, she said uh, something about God, God giving you Parkinson's disease. You heard that. Well, you know, half the world agreed with her and believed it. Well, more than half the world, I'm sure. Well, see, sometimes, so that's why we believe the unbelief we believe is because we've heard things like that. And when we didn't read the word for ourselves, you know, back in the olden days when we didn't, we just assumed, well, you know, they must be right. And especially if they looked like they were a preacher or something, we thought, well, they ought to know, didn't we? And we, we thought they ought to know what they was talking about. And, and you come to find out, we knew more than they did, you know. And so we believed things because we heard somebody say it. And so you've got to talk to your mountain and talk to yourself sometimes because you've got to change what you believe. 
And so sometimes we start talking to the mountain, but we didn't even believe it when we said it until we said it 4,900 times. Hello. Because the first few times we're uprooting the other stuff. Right? Okay, so we've got this factor. We've got this algebraic equations. We've got the spoken word. And you've got to say it however many times. And you're not the judge. And you don't get to quit till the mountain implodes. Well, it's been 10 years. Well, it was 25 for Abraham. Don't even start complaining. Debbie, I'm talking to you too. Don't even start complaining until it's been 25 years. Amen. Praise God. So nobody in here can complain. Because you hadn't even known to speak to mountains for 25 years. I hadn't known to speak for mountains to mountains for 25 years. I hadn't known it that long. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. Isn't that right? Okay, then you need something else. We've got to have a charge here. We've got to have an electrical current coming through this thing. We got, we've, we've spoken the word, all the dynamite's in place. Listen, I need my steps to be ordered by the Lord. I need to be at the right place at the right time. I've got to have a current of electricity. I've got to have the Holy Ghost ignite this thing. Amen? And, and, and I don't know how much current's going to take. It may take several uh, encounters with the Holy Ghost. You know, sometimes we don't conduct electricity very good. Sometimes we have to have encounters with the Holy Ghost to get to be better conductors of the Holy Ghost. You know, sometimes people come up and, you know, get in the line. I heard a man the other day. <laughs> um, anyway, he was saying that a lady in his church said, I've never been slain in the Spirit, and I want to be slain in the Spirit. And he said, well, ma'am, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful for anything or anything, but I've noticed that every time you get prayed for, you put your leg back. <laughs> How many of you know that if you come up and get in the line and you... Get your leg back like this. You're not going to conduct electricity very good. Amen? How many of you know if you come up and get in the line, and I've been there, honey, I've been there, when it's like, and you think, oh, God, I don't want to fall. Oh, God, you know, it looks so awful. I mean, it just, and you know, it's just not graceful in this skirt. And, and you know, and, and it's not even the falling, it's the getting up. You know, and trying to get up in a straight skirt. And I mean, I have had the ushers, not in this church, but I have been places where I felt like the ushers drug me around in the front of the, you know, and, and nearly pulled both arms out of my sockets, you know. You know, sometimes the ushers just mop the floor with you. <laughs> it's the truth. You know, and so you come up there and you've got all that going through your mind. Oh, God, I don't want to fall. You know how many of you know you're not going to conduct electricity very good. And like Brother Hagin says, sometimes, you know, you lay hands on people. And he's, uh, and, well, well two, he's, two things come to my mind that he says. He says sometimes it's like laying hands on a doorknob. It's just like, duh, nothing. And then he said, you know, sometimes the anointing of God will just shoot out of you and shoot right back into you. We're not conducting electricity very good. 
And you know, no condemnation, because all of us have been there when we didn't conduct very good. Because the best way to conduct electricity and to, and, and to conduct this power of God, you know I'm not talking about electricity, electricity, I'm talking about the power of God. The best way to conduct it is to encounter it all the time. 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 You know, a lot of times we look like an old sponge, spiritually. If you could see us in the spirit realm, we look like an old sponge. And we come to a service, and it's a Holy Ghost service. And so the, the minister throws out a little water. But, you know, if you just put, if you just throw out a little water on a real old, I mean, I'm talking about an old, dried-up sponge. You know, it, it, it'll just kind of, maybe one corner will kind of poof up. But the whole sponge don't poof up, does it? Sometimes we need to get in a bowl and just soak. Hallelujah. Sometimes we need to just soak in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, so we need to get connected with a charge. Now let's go to Ezekiel chapter 37. Now throughout the Word of God, throughout, we're going to look at several places in the Word of God. Because you know, we're Word people. And, and y'all aren't going to buy it unless I prove it to you in the Word. I know you. But I will tell you this. The old timers, the old timers in old time Pentecost, they knew about the Holy Ghost. And they knew how to pray the Holy Ghost down. And they knew how to get in the flow of the Holy Ghost. And they recognized the flow of the Holy Ghost. And I tell you what, they, they, they were good at the flow of the Holy Ghost. But you know what? At that point, the Lord had not released that teaching anointing that he released or he began to release in the 1970s. I mean, I think that's approximately when he began to release. And the teacher, the teacher came to the forefront. And all of a sudden, that, let's just put it this way. They didn't have the word we have. They had the move of the Holy Ghost, but they did not have the word we have. But we are the most well-taught generation as far as the word of God goes that's ever been. Family, I don't know if you realize this, but you know more than Paul knew. Now that may shock you, but you do. Now I'm not saying now he knew, he knew what God had shown him. But I'm talking about of the whole Word of God, you know more. Because he, he, he didn't get to be in, well, he didn't get to be in 1970s and 80s and go through the teaching revival. The greatest teachers that have ever walked, that have ever walked, are in the earth, and they've taught us the Word of God. Amen. And I'll tell you something. If the Word by itself would have done it, we'd already had it a long time ago. Amen. Because, man, we got the Word. Even in this church, we have the Word on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, uh, and uh, two times a month on Friday night. And that's if we don't have any special meetings. Do we have the Word or what? The Lord put it in my heart on Monday night when Joe Morse was here to start getting in the Holy Ghost flow more. Start getting that Holy Ghost flow more. 
that we're giving ourselves five times a week. Now, not everybody's coming to all five services, but some of us are five times a week in the Word. We ought to be one time a week dunking in the river. And then pastor, you know, I, we didn't discuss this or anything. And then he comes in here uh, Wednesday, and maybe he talked about it even before that, and said, you know what, we've got unfinished business. We've got unfinished business that Joe Morris didn't finish the business. Well, Joe Morris wasn't supposed to finish it. We're supposed to finish it. Amen. You and I are supposed to finish the business. And hallelujah, part, I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what the unfinished business is. It's start getting in the river. So when the Joe Morrises come, we're not like an old crusty sponge that throws out a, a little drop of water and we don't even, and it don't even phase us. Because we don't conduct electricity very well anymore. Because we've got to have the Holy Ghost and the Word. Because the Word plus the Holy Ghost equals the mountain imploding. Amen. The Word plus the Holy Ghost causes you to be out of debt. The Word plus the Holy Ghost causes you to have a month's salary in the bank. Amen. The Word plus the Holy Ghost causes your healing to be manifested. Amen. The Word plus the Holy Ghost equals whatever you need. Praise God. Hallelujah. New job. Whatever it is you need. Okay, are y'all in Ezekiel chapter 37? We're looking in verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Sounds like talking to mountains, doesn't it? Verse 5, Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. I want you to notice that he spoke the word of God, and the bones came together. But did you notice in verse 8 he said, But there was no breath in them. And God had to breathe on them. He had, and that breath is the anointing of God. So it took more than just the Word of God. It took more than Him just prophesying to Him. It took the breath of God being breathed there, didn't it? Hallelujah. Okay, turn to Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Very familiar scripture to you. But you know, sometimes we just quote these things so fast, we don't even think about what it's saying. Zechariah chapter 4. Verse 6, go to Malachi and go left if you're having trouble. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. 
Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And then I turn to Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. We're going to just look at several scriptures. Won't take a long time, but... Isaiah 10, verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that day, say, and it shall come to pass in that day, that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder, and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the Holy Ghost. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Notice he didn't say the yoke will be destroyed because you spoke to the mountain. He said the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Amen. Praise God. Y'all see, y'all are seeing that. Genesis chapter 1. Y'all are thinking about it hard, aren't you? Genesis chapter 1. And verse 1. See, God laid this principle out in the first three verses of the Bible. In the first three verses, God showed us this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. We have the presence of the Holy Ghost. And verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said... See, in the first three verses of Genesis, we have not just God saying, but we have the presence of the Holy Ghost. We have that, that, that Holy Ghost electrical charge that is going to carry out and ignite the words that God said. God said, God believes what He says, amen? But the Holy Ghost moved on those words. And so you've been planting Holy Ghost dynamite into some mountains, amen? You've been, some of you have been speaking to debt all year. You've been saying, I'm out of debt, my needs are met, I have plenty more to put in store. I'm healed, whole, and healthy, I'm full supplied, and I am wealthy. That is speaking to mountains, family. That's speaking to mountains. And you've been strategically placing that in your life. And, and then even beyond that, you've been speaking under Holy Ghost inspiration in other ways and saying other things. And you've been planting Holy Ghost dynamite. Well, we're going out of 1998, and we're not taking any baggage into 1999. We need some Holy Ghost charge these last few weeks. So tonight we're getting, and we began last Monday night when, when, when Joe Morris laid hands on us up here. We began, we got a little dose, but, but, but because we weren't used to conducting electricity, um, we might not have got, we didn't get all we could have had, got. Amen, no condemnation. We took a dose, we got a dose, but I tell you what, we'll get more tonight. Because we got that, we can take more tonight. And then I, maybe next Sunday night, maybe next Sunday morning, maybe Wednesday night. I don't know. But sometime, uh, and pretty often, between now and December 31st, we're going to be taking uh, 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 the Holy Ghost anointing. Amen? And, letting, and getting used to that. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. So get ready. Get ready. Just be thinking about that. Be, be receiving it in your mind. I've already told the Lord tonight that I needed to partake of the anointing. I need the anointing. I need, I, I, I need a flow. I need a Holy Ghost charge in my life. So I'm believing I receive it. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Because I need to ignite some things I've been speaking. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 15. 1 Kings chapter 8. No shortage of the word around here. 
No shortage of the Word. But family, we, you know what? You could dry up on the Word of God. The Bible says the letter killeth, and the Spirit giveth life. The letter killeth, and the Spirit giveth life. You could kill yourself on the Word of God. <laughs> now that sounds funny, but you could. You need to... Yeah, you could. You need the Spirit to ignite the Word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. First Kings chapter 8, verse 15. Now, this is not by might nor by power, and so I'm not going to try to do anything myself. I'm going to let the Lord do it. Amen? First Kings eight fifteen, And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which spake with his mouth unto David my father, and hath with his hand fulfilled it, saying... Listen, did you hear that? He spake with his mouth, and with his hand he fulfilled it. Now look in verse 23. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven above or on earth beneath, who keepeth covenant and mercy with thy servants that walk before thee with all their heart, who has kept with thy servant David my father that thou promised him. Thou spakest also with thy mouth, and hast fulfilled it with thine hand. He said, you spake it with your mouth, Lord, but you fulfilled it with your hand. So we need to know what the hand of the Lord is. So go over to 1 Kings chapter 18. You spoke it with your mouth, Lord, but you fulfilled it with your hand. 1 Kings 18. Well, you're the mouthpiece of the Lord in the earth. You speak it with your mouth, but he will fulfill it with his hand. You speak it with your mouth. You speak to the mountain with your mouth, but he will fulfill it with, your, with his hand. Amen. And it will not be by might nor by power, but by his spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Is that right? Okay, what is the hand of the Lord? 1 Kings 18, verse 46. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. So the hand of the Lord was the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost came on him and he ran, I don't know how many miles that was, but I've heard people say, he ran a distance that no man, you couldn't run. And he did it very quickly. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost came on him. The hand of the Lord is the Holy Ghost. Then turn over to Luke chapter 1. This will be our last scripture. And this is how God brought Jesus into the earth is this very same principle. God always uses the Holy Ghost in conjunction with His Word. When God wants to create something or do something, He always uses the Holy Ghost in conjunction with His Word. Amen? And in our circles, we really love the Word of God. But we need to be very welcoming to the Holy Ghost, too. Hallelujah. We need to be very welcoming to the Holy Ghost. Because people's mountains depend upon it. Hallelujah. Now, some of you are catalysts. As I prayed this afternoon, I got that. Some of you are catalysts. Some of you being bold in the Holy Ghost is going to cause a it's going to cause a, a, a river to break out that'll just sweep through and help people. Even, you know, we're getting ready to go on billboards and, and you know, so forth and so on. 
I'll tell you, it's not just the Word that's going to help people. It's the move of the Holy Ghost. So, I don't know about you, but I've been crying out and saying, Lord, we've got to have a move of the Holy Ghost. We've got to have a move of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And every one of you need to look at yourself like, it's up to me. It's up to me. So I'm going to obey God. I'm going to obey unction. Because it's up to me. Amen. Because it is up to us. It's up to all of us. It's up to all of us to create an atmosphere for the Holy Ghost to move in. To make the Holy Ghost welcome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Are y'all in Luke chapter 1, verse 28? Got to turn back one. Not over too far. Luke 1, 28. And the angel came unto Mary and said, Well, hail thou, art, hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Do y'all see the word going forth there? Verse 32, He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now, she wasn't asking in, in, in unbelief there. She was not asking a, a question of unbelief. She was just saying, okay, I believe that, but how's this going to happen? Because, you know, I have never been with a man. And then verse 35, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So he told her exactly how it's going to be. And this is how exactly it is with you. The word of the Lord comes unto you, either through as you're reading the word or from the pulpit or in prophecy or as you're praying, the word of the Lord comes unto you. And you speak that word. You know, when someone speaks a word over you, you ought to be speaking it then. Amen? And you speak the word. Well, how's it going to be? How's it going to happen? How's the mountain going to fall? Well, it's going to fall when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and overshadows you and the Holy Ghost sends a charge through you and ignites the word of God. Amen? It's going to ignite, be ignited by the Holy Ghost. It's a Holy Ghost charge. going to go through you. Were you going to do something strange? You might. But I tell you, 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 you are, if you are concerned about that, then your mountain's not very important to you. Hello. If you're concerned about, you know, it's just not very important. You know, I don't know about you, but it's not very important to me now anymore. It's not very important to me how I look. You know, if those ushers want to drag me from that side to that side, well, you know, I want to be modest. Well... I, I, I don't even care about that anymore. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to be immodest, but I want that mountain to fall. And you know what? The truth is, nobody's watching. Amen. Isn't that the truth? Hallelujah. Y'all are funny. <laughs> so the Word of God gives us the faith 
and the move of the Holy Ghost brings it to pass. It's just simple as that. The Word of God gives us the faith to believe for it, and the move of the Holy Ghost brings it to pass. Hallelujah. If we could have done it with just the Word, family, we'd already all done it. We'd already all be rich. We'd already be all out of debt. We'd already, every family, everybody, the whole, your, your house would be in total order. Every kid would be saved. Every kid would be baptized in the Holy Ghost. If we could have done it on the Word only, you'd, none of you would ever have a symptom. Praise God. Everything in you that needs to be taken out. See, God does things in us when, that, we could, that are too painful. We couldn't even stand it. I heard Mark Brzee tell a story once how he went to the dentist. And uh, the dentist gave him a shot and pulled a wisdom tooth. And it hurt pretty bad. Real bad, he said. And it wasn't but a few months later till another wisdom tooth started giving him some problems. And he went to a different dentist. You know, when it hurts, go to a different dentist. <laughs> and, uh, and he went to this other dentist and he said, uh, Doctor, do you have anything that could make this more enjoyable? And the doctor said, I, I sure do. And he gave him some of that gas stuff. Now, I personally have never taken any of that gas. But he said, he said just a few, about two or three whiffs of that. And he said he was having such a good time that he didn't care. And so the, he said the dentist took that wisdom tooth out. And when he got that wisdom tooth out, he said, you know what? There is another wisdom tooth coming in behind that wisdom tooth. And, the, and he, Mark said, I told him, I said, uh, Doctor, just give me some more of that stuff. And you can take all my teeth out <laughs> if you want to. And that's the way the Holy Ghost is. See, you get in that, you get in and let the Holy Ghost begin to saturate you, and God can rip out things out of you that have been there forever. Hurts. And, uh, uh, things you can't even bear to talk about in front of people because it hurts so bad. The Holy Ghost just take it out while you're under, while you're in that gas. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And that's not all He does. That's just one thing He does. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we're going, I'm going to lay hands on people tonight. I guess y'all probably already figured that out. And we're just going to take a dose of the Holy Ghost. We're not going to try to cook anything up. But I am telling you that if you love yourself, if you love people, if you love this church, if you love the lost in Tuscaloosa, then yield to the Holy Ghost. Let the, be a good conductor of electricity. Let the Holy Ghost flow through you. Determine to get as saturated as you can. We need to be like a sponge that's so soaked in the Holy Ghost that when somebody bumps into us, water squishes out of us all over them. Water of the Holy Ghost, you know what I'm talking about. When they just kind of bump us in the store, you know. Instead, when we're an old dry sponge, somebody run in you to you in the store and you chew them out. Watch where you're going. You know, you can tell when you need a good dose of the Holy Ghost. I mean, right down here at this intersection, I got so mad at a lady about two weeks ago. I hope she never comes to our church. I didn't say anything to her, but if looks would kill, she didn't live long after that. Now, y'all y'all think y'all are so holy, but you do the same thing. Some of you do worse. Uh-huh, thank you. He, he, he's the only honest man in the house. Well, yeah. Well, we need to be saturated. We need to be filled. Hallelujah. 
So then when somebody cuts you off in traffic, hallelujah, you got that gas in you, you don't care. You don't even care. You don't even care. And if you're not gassed up, you'll, you may not cuss, but you'll tell them, you idiot. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm needing something to get through December on. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm needing something to get to the first of the year on. Hallelujah. Praise God. And besides all that, I'm, I've already believed God that, that, that I'm not taking any baggage into 1999. And boy, I need something. That, and I've been speaking it, but I need a charge. Hallelujah. Let's stand up together.